Propriety of deportment. To those who handle sacred things comes the solemn injunction, Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Isaiah 52, 11. Of all men, those who have been trusted and honored by the Lord, those who have been given special service to perform, should be circumspect in word and deed. They should be men of devotion, who by works of righteousness and pure, true words can lift their fellow men to a higher level. Men who are not unsettled by every passing temptation. Men of firm, earnest purpose, whose highest aim is to gather souls to Christ. Satan's special temptations are directed against the ministry. He knows that ministers are but human, possessing no grace or holiness of their own, that the treasures of the gospel have been placed in earthen vessels, which divine power alone can make vessels unto honor. He knows that God has ordained ministers to be a powerful means for the salvation of souls, and that they can be successful in their work only as they allow the Eternal Father to rule their lives. Therefore he tries with all his ingenuity to lead them into sin, knowing that their office makes sin in them more exceedingly sinful. For in committing sin, they make themselves ministers of evil. Those whom God has called to the ministry are to give evidence that they are fit to minister in the sacred desk. The Lord has commanded, Be ye holy in all manner of conversation. 1 Peter 1.15 be thou an example of the believers, Paul writes. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. First Timothy 4, verses 12 and 16. The end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. First Peter 4, verse 7. The subject of purity and propriety of deportment is one to which we must give heed. We must guard against the sins of this degenerate age. Let not Christ's ambassadors descend to trifling conversation, to familiarity with women, married or single. Let them keep their proper place with becoming dignity, yet at the same time they may be sociable, kind, and courteous to all. They must stand aloof from everything that savors of commonness and familiarity. This is forbidden ground, upon which it is unsafe to set the feet. Every word, every act, should tend to elevate, to refine, to ennoble. There is sin and thoughtlessness about such matters. Paul urged Timothy to meditate upon those things that are pure and excellent, that his profiting might appear unto all. The same counsel is greatly needed by men of the present age. I urge upon our workers the necessity of purity in every thought, every act. We have an individual accountability to God, an individual work which no one else can do for us. It is to strive to make the will better. While we should cultivate sociability, let it not be merely for amusement, but for a higher purpose. Is there not enough taking place around us to show the need for this caution? Everywhere are seen wrecks of humanity, broken down family altars, ruined homes. There is a strange abandonment of principle. The standard of morality is lowered, and the earth is fast becoming a Sodom. The practices which brought the judgment of God upon the antediluvian world, and which caused Sodom to be destroyed by fire, are fast increasing. We are nearing the end, when the earth is to be purified by fire. 
Let those in whose hands God has placed the light of truth depart from all iniquity. Let them walk in the paths of rectitude, mastering every passion and habit that would in any way mar the work of God or leave a spot upon its sacredness. It is the work of the minister to resist the temptations that lie in his pathway, to rise above those debasements that drag the mind down to a low level. By watchfulness and prayer, he may so guide his weakest points that they will become his strongest points. Through the grace of Christ, men may acquire moral stamina, strength of will, and stability of purpose. There is power in this grace to enable them to arise above the alluring, infatuating temptations of Satan and to become loyal, devoted Christians. Subheading, Ministers to Set a Worthy Example Ministers should set the youth a worthy example, one corresponding to their holy calling. They should help the young to be frank, yet modest and dignified in all their associations. Day by day they are sowing seed that will spring up and bear fruit. They are to put away all coarseness, all trifling, every remembering that they are educators, that whether they will or not, their words and acts are to those with whom they come in contact a savor of life or of death. It is discipline of spirit, cleanness of heart and thought that is needed. Moral purity depends upon right thinking and right acting. Evil thoughts destroy the soul, while a right control of the thoughts prepares the mind to labor harmoniously for the master. Every thought should be brought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The teachers of truth must be wise men, very careful of their words and actions. They must be men who will give meat in due season to the flock of God, men who will not give the least sanction to low standards of living, men who have that faith which works by love and purifies the soul from all carnal thoughts and desires. Workers of this character will not grovel in earthliness. They will not be in bondage to human beings or to Satan's temptations. They will quit themselves like men and be strong. They will turn their faces to the sun of righteousness, rising above all base things into an atmosphere free from spiritual and moral defilement. He who lives the principles of Bible religion will not be found weak in moral power. Under the ennobling influence of the Holy Spirit, the taste and inclinations become pure and holy. Nothing takes so strong a hold upon the affections. Nothing reaches so fully down to the deepest motives of action. Nothing exerts so potent an influence upon the life and gives so great firmness and stability to the character as the religion of Christ. It leads its possessor ever upward, inspiring him with noble purposes, teaching him propriety of deportment, and imparting a becoming dignity to every action. By what means shall the young man repress his evil propensities and develop that which is noble and good in his character? Let him heed the words, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Here is a principle that is to underlie every motive, thought, and act. Unholy passions must be crucified. They will clamor for indulgence, but God has implanted in the heart high and holy purposes and desires, and these not be debased. It is only when we refuse to submit to the control of reason and conscience that we are dragged down. Paul declared, I can do all things through Christ. Philippians 4.13 
If you draw close to Jesus and seek to adorn your profession by a well-ordered life and godly conversation, your feet will be kept from straying into forbidden paths. If you will only watch, continually watch unto prayer, if you will do everything as if you were in the immediate presence of God, you will be saved from yielding to temptation and may hope to be kept pure, spotless, and undefiled till the last. If you hold the beginning of your confidence firm unto the end, your ways will be established in God, and what grace has begun, glory will crown in the kingdom of our God. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. If Christ be with us, we shall crucify the flesh with the affections and lusts.